welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. podcast where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. In today's episode, I interview Marsha Stevenson, founder and CEO of Cater to Mom. Cater to Mom is a monthly subscription box for mothers in their fourth trimester, more commonly known as postpartum. Every month, the mom receives a curated box filled with postpartum recovery essentials beauty or bath products, teas, healthy snacks, books, self-care tips, and helpful postpartum care resources. Marsha was inspired to start Cater to Mom after her own difficult postpartum experience. No mom should feel hopeless and helpless. This was a really touching interview due to Marsha's vulnerability and transparency. I hope if any woman is listening and feeling lost, this may provide some hope. Hey, Marsha, welcome to the show. Hi, Britt. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I am very excited to have you on because I've heard of you. I have not met you, but I've heard of you. You are in Austin, right? I'm in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So when um, I was working as a venture capitalist um, at Capital Factory, you know, everyone there at the firm knew I was obsessed with femtech, and you were one of the local companies that were like, cater to mom, there, cater to mom, there you go. Oh, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so really, really cool to be chatting with you today. Um, let's start with your background. Our listeners really love to hear about the, you know, personal story of the founder. What, you know, where are you from? What did you study? And how did you end up here? Um, well, I'm originally from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I'm a military brat by heart, so I've traveled all over uh, just being a military child, and then I went into the military myself and and traveled all over the country, Um, and eventually when I got out of the military, I just wanted to settle down, so Austin, after traveling, even working for the government, um, we eventually made our home, Austin, Texas, so currently reside here, been residing here for maybe about five years now. Um, um, I majored in human resources, so I obtained a degree in human resources. Um, My military background is similar to, was similar to that too, um, kind of just the human resources area. Um, But when I did get out of the military, I uh, accepted an offer, a job offer with the Department of Veteran Affairs. And I worked all over the clinic, but my heart was really just about helping the veterans from the mental health aspect. Mm. So I eventually transferred over and worked in the mental health department. So I worked with the women veterans and um, uh, the male veterans as well. But just being in that area, just helping um, in that aspect was kind of like where I saw just the need for support for women. Mm. Was it mostly PTSD? Yeah, PTSD and just um, even we had a lot of women come in that even just after having children and coming back from being deployed and adjusting to family life as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's a lot, very hard on a lot of women coming back from 
deployment and just kind of adjusting to being out of the military as well and um, getting used to being, you know, taking on that mother role like full time because you're you're constantly in the military, like you're focused on the mission, you're deployed oftentimes, and then it's kind of like, I know for experience being in the military and trying to have a child, it, it's, it's a lot. Wow, it's yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. So these are women yeah. that had a kid before they were deployed and then yeah. almost were forced yeah. to like, you know, not that any woman forgets motherhood, but, you know, she's out in the field and she's like on a mission, yeah. life or death, saving yeah. her fellow yeah. soldiers, right? And then she's coming back. Yeah. I've never really thought about that. That is uh episode for another day. We should do a whole yes. episode on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. And just even, even my own experience, um, being in the military, I'm, I'm a 9-11 veteran, so that's a little bit how old I am. So, wow. um, and I ended up, right after 9-11, I found out I was pregnant. So just during that time, it was kind of just, um, it was just a, a still in a state of shock. Everybody was grieving and yeah. just the loss, and we were preparing for war. And this whole entire time... I'm working 12-hour shifts and pregnant and dealing with all of that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. Thank you. So just dealing with that, um, I went through a little bit of depression, too, um, and just because of everything going on. And um, it's crazy because I never, all the things that you think you um, would enjoy being pregnant, I was so concerned about just the state of the world at that time Mm -hmm. that I really didn't get a time to just enjoy the pregnancy and then after I had my daughter I suffered really bad from postpartum depression and it's crazy because I really didn't know exactly that it was postpartum depression yeah because it it wasn't talked about that much back then Mm. and And back then it's not that long ago right yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) so yeah but it, it wasn't talked about and even when I went for my six-week appointment, my doctor told me, oh, you're, you know, most women have the baby, baby blues. So I'm like, okay. And it was just, it just got worse over time. And it was just like, okay. And even just, you know, coming from just even a black, uh, being a black woman and just being a mom um, in the black culture, you know, you're taught to just pray about it. Just pray about it. Just pray it away. Pray it away. Just pray it away. <laughs> yeah. And then you're, and then just even if, I tried to say something or something. I was afraid of being judged or, or oh, you know, maybe that people would think of me as being a, a bad mom. Wow. So can you I can you much, give our listeners like an example of you know? I I think we all under appreciate like it's bad, but like what's an example of like what postpartum feels like or what's in a scenario that you know you kind of lived in? Um, I would say. Uh, with any mom, it's, it, it can be a little bit different. It could be where you're suicidal. It could be just you feel like you're not a good mom or you feel like, oh, this is not what you expected. Mm. Um, personally, from my own experience, um, I remember there was a time where um, I was so exhausted. I wasn't getting enough arrest. Well, my daughter, was, it was, she would sleep kind of like throughout periodically for the day but she would be wide awake from midnight to six in the morning. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was just at that point, just at my breaking point. Yeah. And I remember getting out um, 
plane out at like two o'clock in the morning and driving around in the dark in the country, yeah. trying to get her to go to sleep. Yeah. And then I get I get home, I open the garage, and I'm like, okay, she's probably asleep. I'm just gonna keep her in her carrier. I'm not gonna even take her out. So I get around to the other side of the car to pull her out, and there she is, wide eyed and smiling. And I'm oh like, oh my god, oh my gosh, and I just broke down. Yeah. I, sitting in the garage in tears because it was just my anxiety, just feeling overwhelmed. My husband would come home from work and I would like, please just take her and I would leave the house. It was just like, I just felt like I wasn't, I didn't deserve to be her mom. I wasn't good. And just, yeah, so it's, it's very hard. I think just even not having family close by. So a lot of women experience that, not having the support. Oh, yeah. The community, community has definitely diminished, oh, you yeah. know, for, for moms. Do you think that there, I mean, you're not a doctor, I don't think, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before I, I'm like, I don't think she is. Um, <laughs> I don't see that in her bio. Um, but uh, you're just describing this stuff so well. So, but... I'm wondering if like there's going to be a lot of postpartum during COVID because my sister is actually pregnant and you know I feel really bad for her because she's not she really can't have a baby shower she my mom can't go into you know or her partner can't go into the doctor appointments with her like it's only one patient at a time because of COVID and I'm just like dang I wonder if like she lives in northern New Jersey so things have been shut down and so even shopping for baby stuff like all the stores have been closed so she's just had to do it on Amazon which is fine but at the same time it's like what this is like the one time in your life you go to Babies R Us, you know, like this is one time you get to go in there and push a stroller around, figure which out. So I wonder, what do you, do you have a, you know, let's just guess here. Like, do you think there's going to be more women with postpartum because of that lack of community? It is. It really is. And I've Mm. seen it just with, with Cater, the mom, because when all of this started to happen, my, my, I was worried. I was like, well, I don't want to push, you know, uh, on my social media, you know, because I don't know what the current state of mm. finances and everything was. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, I would say within maybe two weeks, um, into when COVID was like, everybody was on stay at home order mm-hmm. that all of a sudden, like orders for the boxes started coming in rapidly. Wow. And it's so funny because my husband, he handled like taking care of the shipping going out and shipping. And I was <laughs> true founder life. Exactly. And we have like a monthly subscription, but that goes out once a month, but we also offer the one-time gift Uh box, and we were getting so many orders for that box, Uh and along with the subscriptions, so it was like I was packing up, say, eight boxes for the day, and my husband would take those out, and then like the next day, there would be like eight to ten more orders. I'm like, okay, get it? Hey, honey. She said, I'm so thankful that this was available. She mm-hmm. said, because 
not being able to see my sister when she just had her baby is hard. But yep. she said the boxes have meant so much to her because she feels like she's getting that support wow. even from far away. So Well, yeah. I totally derailed us uh, from your background, but I think it was totally worth it. Uh, so can you... Let's back up a little and go back to, you know, you're experiencing this postpartum depression. Um, what leads you to start Cater from Cater to Mom? Um, well, I want to say maybe 12 years later after I had my daughter, I had my second child, my son. And after I had my son, I was um, just at home and recovering, and I was in so much pain. Hmm. And I'm like, okay... At some point now, like, I should be feeling a lot better and being able to move around. Yeah. But I was still in a lot of pain, so I went for my six-week appointment. I told my doctor, I'm like, something's not right. I don't feel, I don't feel good. I'm still, it still hurts to sit down. And he was like, oh, you know, sometimes it just takes moms a little bit longer to heal. Oh, my and God. What is with like, these doctors just patting us yeah. on the back, being like, oh, you're yeah. suicidal? It's okay. That's normal. Oh, you can't yeah. sit? That's okay. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it was so crazy because I was like, well, okay. So, you know, I went back home, and I want to say at three months, my son was three months old, and I was still in oh. pain. And I'm like, this that ain't right. Yeah, and you know and your I body. My sister, my sister, and she's an OB nurse, and she's like, "No, go, go back to the doctor." So I went back to the doctor, and then he was like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm looking now, and you healed improperly." Oh my and God, so stop it! I had to have corrective surgery oh. to get it fixed because the wound that um, from this type of incision they did um, to get my son out basically didn't heal properly. Oh my gosh. So, and if you will, really if you don't mind sharing with us, are you talking about a C-section incision or like a by your vagina incision? Uh, it was by my vagina. Wow. Incision. So it was, and my husband told me, like, it was like, my husband said when he was, um, when I was delivering the baby, he saw the doctor, he was kind of like a last minute decision because my son was like nine pounds. Oh baby. <laughs> oh big baby. Yeah. Yeah, so he said he did kind of like a, a, a last-minute, like, kind of cut to get him out. Yeah. And so, but there again, no one told me this was a type of incision the no. doctor did. And no one told me, like, this is what you need to do when you get home to heal properly Damn. from that incision. So it was like I was giving so much stuff for my son, but nothing for me. Oh, my God. I just God. had the, the, like, the regular diaper pads and... Um, like the knitted underwear, but that's the only oh. thing. Not, and of course, the little squirt bottle they give you. So, but oh that gosh. was it. And so that's pretty much what led me to wanting to find out a way to be able to support moms. And I was just kind of thinking about what did I feel like there I should have been given or mm. needed. And yeah. I started to think about just my entire both with both my pregnancies. I was never told anything about postpartum or what to expect. I had everything about what to expect with the baby, but what to expect postpartum wow. and even just how, what resources were available. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. my son, I had to Google like things. I used Kelly mom quite a bit, but it was just like, there was nothing, you know, in my bag of yeah. stuff at home for me. 
And now, uh, Marsha, we actually just did a bonus episode a few weeks ago on black women's health being, you know, not on par with white women's health in the U.S. And so your your lack of resources after birth, do you think that has, you know, you are a black woman, right? Do you think that that has anything to do with it? Like lack of resources or understanding there? I definitely contribute, contribute, contributes to that as well. Just because like, you know, my doctor, he didn't, he didn't take me seriously. He yeah. didn't, tell, you know, and I'm telling him yeah. I'm in pain and just, you know, and it was kind of like once he realized like, oh my mm. gosh, like, you know, what if I didn't go back, you know, and it yeah. could have gotten worse or possibly could have gotten infected. I don't know. Oh my God. You know, and but, imagine if he believed you the first time and like, you know, right. yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Crazy. Right. Yeah. So what yeah. is what is in the cater to mom box? So their initial box it comes with the biggest key thing that um is resources. And so I have this little um a checklist of all the resources that are available to moms, such as uh, postpartum support international, um Places that they can reach out for mental health therapy, for uh, books that they can read on postpartum, um, things about breastfeeding, just the things that people don't think of. I put those type of resources in the box. And then on the back of the, it has like a self-care bingo thing. So they can put it on their fridge and it'll like come for reminders that you take five minutes for yourself uh, just to dance or to relax or meditate, just different things on there. Um, and then over the, over time, I've just kind of connected with so many other, um, postpartum healthcare professionals, um, March of Dimes, I, um, put their postpartum book in their box. Um, there's information about breastfeeding. So I've worked with like doulas and, um, lactation consultants. So, and they also have a postpartum care planner. So it's kind of like giving them an idea of what to expect before they have a baby. So they're getting those resources in the box. Um, Then they get um, the pads. They get rail pads. Uh, They get a postpartum herbal um, sits bath. So it comes with that for healing. Um, They get um, a company I work with called Gentle Pack. And it's kind of like a big perennial. And it's perfect for just perennial care. And you can also use it for soothing like C-section scars. Yeah. So they get... Um, pink stork uh, postpartum recovery tea. Uh, they get um, a company I call, use called Lilas. It's the first all natural feminine pain um, relief patch. So I've like worked with several women owned companies. That's one of the big things too is um, a lot of the product comes from women owned companies. Um, and they're all moms. So they all understand mm-hmm. the importance of postpartum care so you didn't necessarily create your own product you were like hey there's all these products out there but i need to put them together and make it easy to get to mom wow that is so awesome because if there's any listeners that think well i don't have i'm not an engineer or i'm not a scientist Mm -hmm. or whatever like sometimes it's not about you inventing it it's about putting pieces together exactly exactly and then I, I strongly believe that there's no timeline when it comes to postpartum because sometimes often the signs of postpartum don't start to maybe three months or further wow. down the road, you know. So that's why I, I went with the subscription box model because I wanted moms to not even if they just 
decided, hey, if they had the one-time gift box, but giving them the option of a month-to-month subscription or I have moms on a 12-month subscription. So each month is themed and it's focused on the different challenges we face with postpartum. Yeah, I noticed on your website you call it the fourth trimester. Is that a yes. is that a real thing or is that did you make that up? Yes, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's okay, it's, it's a real thing, and it's so crazy because when I first launched Cater to Mom, I went to um, it's called the Mother of All Baby Shower. So it's a big event that it's all over the country, and women can come and find out all the latest and greatest stuff for babies. So I had signed up to have a table there, and. I think I got most, a lot of the women were at our table because I was telling them, like, the fourth trimester. And they're like, what is the fourth trimester? Wow. And it's like, this is, it's the postnatal part. It's That's the right. postpartum. And I always tell people, we need to bring back the fourth trimester. Yeah. That's just as important. You know, yeah. it reminds me of all of our episodes on menopause. We always talk about, like, it's, it's like someone wrote the book on periods and gave it to us when we were 13. But someone ripped out the last chapter about when the period ends and like right. what symptoms you get. Right. So it's like, here's yeah. the book on pregnancy, but we took out the last chapter on the fourth trimester. Exactly. exactly. All of a sudden you jump to terrible twos, you know, like, yeah. well, um, yeah. okay, what about? <laughs> um, so yeah. I also noticed on your website that you had a cater to dad box. So tell us about that. Well, that, um, a lot of people are, that's still new as well, but one in eight dads experience postpartum depression. Really? And it's, yes, and it's like, and if the, your partner has experienced, is going through postpartum depression, um, it's a percent chance that they can experience too, but a lot of dads aren't vocal about it. No. They kind of just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm just going through the motions, I've got to be there for her and take care of her needs, but there needs to matter as well too. So, um, and the thing is, when I was creating the box, um, I was talking to my husband, and I'm like, "There's not much for dads. Mm-hmm. Like, even just finding the resources for dads." And so, back to um, after, um, it's called postpartum for men. Um, it's called saddaddy.com. But, sad daddy. Um, I, oh, yes, daddies, yes. you can be sad too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he sent me um, a trifold full of resources and his contact information, everything. So that goes in the box because, like I said, I think having the resources in there is more important, definitely important. So just that, just but also catering to dad as well. And just there's a book in there as well, too that covers just different things like what they should expect and understand what, what mom is going through as well. Mm-hmm. Because some men think like, why did, she, why did she feel this way? We just had a beautiful baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's under- yeah. Yeah. So, so my understanding was that postpartum had a lot to do with hormones, but now you're saying the dad can experience it too. Um, mm-hmm. Does it, so is it also just like part of life experience that causes postpartum, like changes in your life? I think change in your life, um, um, especially being new parents, mm-hmm. and you're, 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 
accustomed to like maybe a different lifestyle and then of course with a new baby it changes things and even your own relationship like mm. just I, I know even just with me and my husband we were kind of like just going through the motions just focused on taking care of the baby that just losing sight of just us mm-hmm. and even as a even as a mom I, I always tell moms like it's important that you nourish the me and mommy because no. you, be, you become mommy and you forget like okay I have a name. My name is Marcia. Like, <laughs> Marcia used to do. You know? <laughs> you know, you get in that mommy role and it's everything mommy, mommy, but what about Marcia's name? Yeah. Marcia, you know, think about the things that you used to do that, you know, made you your individuality. So, yeah. well, so even just that. If postpartum can be activated by just that change in environment and that incoming stress, do you think that people who adopt babies can have postpartum? Yes, yes. It's so crazy because I'm actually working on putting a box together for adopt a parent. Yes, um, this is so yeah, interesting. So, yeah, because so they don't need cool. Yeah, they don't need cooling pads or pain patches, yeah. right? But they need the mental yeah. support, right? The mental support, exactly. Does that mean? Um, uh, or and currently, do you do you know? I don't know if you know this demographic, this statistics on this, but like, how do you know if you have same sex couples buying your boxes or requesting your boxes? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. yeah, and and, and uh, we I had a couple that um, purchased the box too, and they were going through postpartum depression. Wow, it was kind of just a need, you know, a huge need for them as well. So yeah, so it's. It's it's cater to mom. We cater to <laughs> cater to, to just a wide culture. All the moms. <laughs> yes. Oh man. And then we also have um a, a book called The Love Always Gift Box, which is a pregnancy loss miscarriage because moms go through a postpartum after losing yes. their lives. I've I've lost two, so just just. People are not sure what to say or what to do. So I created a box where it kind of, the box says, says it for them. And just to let people mm. know, like, hey, I care. You're in my thoughts. If you need someone to talk to, you know, just please, you know, I'm here for you. Wow. Do you think that box could be used for women who've had an abortion? Um, I think so. Because it is, it's still, like, it's still it's part of the stage. Your yeah. body is so so yes, it, it yeah. can be bad, and and like I said, we uh, one thing I do too, you know, I get several some that may reach out to me that there's a specific need. So you know, if it's doable, I can customize a, bo- a personal oh, yeah. customized box. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like um, I think the statistic is one in four women in the United States have had an abortion. And yet, um, I, you know, I'm a thought leader in femtech. I speak at conferences. I attend conferences all over the world. I have still yet to see an abortion panel. And I think that is, uh uh-huh. I have not seen it. If you have been on one and I didn't see it, I'm sorry, but I still have not Mm -hmm. seen one. And I'm like, okay, y'all, I know that it's like a quote unquote touchy subject, but like if one in four women in the United States, at least are having it, like we should probably talk about it. And, you know, I'll go on record right now saying that I had one and it was not a lovely experience. It was actually quite terrible. And um, so when I hear people say like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, pro-life because women just use it as birth control. I said, let me tell you. 
Is no ain't nobody there just on the weekends getting their their, their weekend abortion? Okay, it's a terrible experience, and I think it's a terrible experience because we don't talk about it. So there's no innovation, and so I that's why I'm wondering about your you know that box about like a loss because abortion sucks. Like it's not cute and it's not fun and. You're, you should be afraid and ashamed and like, ha- you don't know who's going to judge you for it. So you can't even talk about it. And so, sorry, I'm getting on my high horse right now. I feel very passionate about this. <laughs> I mean, I've had really close friends and every, you know, every situation is different. Yes. It's just, yep. it's their choice. And just, and just even just going through that, yep. like you still need that support. That's right. That's right. Cool. Sorry. I've, I'm like, I got really intense about that. Marsha's eyes got real big. She's like, girl, she got a feeling about this one. Yes. Um, well, speaking about feelings, um, you know, being a veteran, um, has, you know, your experience, I don't know if you have PTSD or, you know, but I'm sure you carry something with you. Has that affect you being a founder in a positive way or in a negative way? I think it's, it's affected me in a positive way mm. just because, um, I, even just being from, um, a military dependent just, and as well as a military veteran, I can relate with so many moms and, um, it's funny because my um, my sister-in-law said, she's like, you you really can relate with almost any mom, just mm. your your life experiences, just the things that, you know, has happened to you over the years I've experienced, even just after my, my son during my first year um, of uh, having him, um, my mother passed away. Wow. So I was going through postpartum with him and I'm grieving. The, yeah. Wow. The lost one. Yeah, and then I was diagnosed also with Crohn's disease. So <gasps> Marsha! Yeah, so it's just like relating on that, you know, I've had two pregnancy losses. So, wow. you know, so it's just, I just have a heart, heart for supporting and helping moms. Yeah. So just even, you know, being able to support the, the military community too and understanding from that standpoint, there's so many moms that their their partners are deployed and they're alone and having a baby because you get so many that their, their husbands are deployed they come back they get pregnant and then next thing you know they're going back out on deployment and they're there taking care of the baby and the kids by themselves wow. so, wow. so it's yeah. a lot yeah. yeah you know I um I always have this thought that you know a lot of successful founders have PTSD because first of all you got to be a little crazy to be a founder um and if you love being a founder it's probably because you don't like stability and you thrive in a little bit of chaos you thrive in a little bit of uncertainty and that you love the you know and for our listeners um uh, Marsha and I tried Zoom and it didn't work. And then we tried Google Hangouts. It didn't work. And now we're on the phone call doing this. But I like kept a smile on. So did she the whole time. Like, oh, we'll figure yeah. this out. Like yeah, I got, pla- I got plans down out. to plan P, you know, like I got all the plans. And uh, yeah. I, I attribute a lot of that to PTSD because for me, you know, my childhood abuse and experiences mm-hmm. have led me to know what is truly things you should worry about. And what are things that you can be like, oh, that, that's, that ain't bad. You know, like I can deal yeah, with this. Exactly. So, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause everybody's like most that have heard a story and just known like what I've experienced and they're like, oh my gosh, like all of this you've been through and you're still smiling, you oh, know? Oh yeah. Like, 
Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's life. It That's happens right. and stuff. You're going to have your ups and downs, you know. Mm-hmm. I have my moments and stuff, but, you know, I put my big girl panties on and, and keep going, you yes. know. So it's, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Well, I am just so in awe of all the work you're doing, and um, I thank you so much. I I want to ask you two last questions that our listeners really love. The first is that we have a lot of aspiring femtech founders, which is awesome. We are raising the next wave of them, um, but a lot of them wonder like, what do what needs to be fixed? What is still needs innovating? And so, in your perspective. What is something in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating or support or changing? I think we need, um, moms need postpartum doulas. Doula. I think that should be part of the healthcare. Um, that should be something that should be paid for. It would be nice to, after you have your baby, you have a part of your healthcare plan to be able to have that option of having a postpartum doula because not every mom has that support. They don't have family there. So I think that's something, um, I think there should be more than just a six weeks appointment that there should be yes. on, the fourth, on the fourth trimester too. So there should be, um, follow-ups further back to six weeks. Absolutely. And just more resources. There needs to be more resources. Um, I was telling my husband, like, we need an app. We need an app that moms can pull up and say, Hey, I have questions about breastfeeding. Who's this person in my area that I can contact yeah. or, or mental health therapy and having that right there in an app. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I am happy to report Marsha that they are on their way. Um, we've interviewed a few women, right. uh, like social mama is a, is a community mm-hmm. platform. There's like 20,000 moms mm-hmm. on it already. And I think they just onboarded like experts. So there's even experts on it that you can ask directly. Awesome. But even if you awesome. don't get a hold of the expert, there's like forums, right? And all the moms yeah. are helping each other. Um, and then uh, Zaya Care is a is another like ask me anything you know pregnancy mm-hmm. app. So they are they are on their way. And both of those founders are young women, right? And so they're like awesome. myself who are like uh, there needs to be an app for this. Hello, <laughs> like <laughs> um, yeah. That and what do you think about like so the postpartum doula or postpartum like fourth trimester doctor's appointments? Do you think that that would be best facilitated through telemedicine since women are now like they're healing they have a baby like so yeah. should they all be like yeah. tele I, that would be awesome because not sometimes you know you, you have moms that maybe have a single it's a single family home and you have one, one car you know yes and, and the partner's working so that you know not there's not and then having a baby oh my gosh it's so exhausting trying to get your stuff to get if COVID's provided us any good, it is a push for telemedicine. Yes. That's true. It is. It is definitely. And our last question is, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful?
still more work to be done because we live in a in a world where men men tech dominates, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah. So I think uh, that we need more more funding and definitely more BC um, BC capitalism ventures just to be able to support us and put the money towards fintech tech because. We know what we need. That's we right. know what we need to support women. Yeah, so, that's why yeah. Femtech Focus is so excited to launch our virtual Femtech Accelerator because mm-hmm. there isn't one. You know, uh, I do yeah. appreciate yeah. Um, the Eve Hub in Israel. They had they do have a program for the last year, and then Fifty mm-hmm. in Tech this year they're putting on like a virtual mentoring for fifty or fifty uh, ten Femtech companies, which is yeah. good. But do you know how many like blockchain accelerators there are out there? How many app accelerators? It's like, right. okay, we need more. We need more. Yeah. We need more. <laughs> we do. We do. Exactly. So I, I'm really excited to for us to be launching that soon so we can support these initiatives, right? Yeah. So yeah, awesome. Definitely. Well, Marcia, awesome. this has been so uh, like just informative and I just want to thank you for your authenticity and vulnerability today. Um, it's, you you know, people like you that make femtech community so awesome to work in because we are just a bunch of people, men and women that are passionate about, you know, fixing things that should have been fixed a long time ago. And we all know like the problems bigger than us and there's plenty of money and wealth to go around. If we all do it right, we all going to be rich. We don't need to fight each other for it. <laughs> and that if we help each other, you know, we can get the problem fixed faster. And women deserve that. I agree. I yeah. agree. It's a huge need. Yeah. Marsha, thank you so much. And uh, you're thank my neighbor you so in Austin. Much. I hope to see you soon. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. I would, yeah, I would love to. Hopefully we'll be able to for coffee. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks, Marsha. Yeah. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with Terry Hansen Mead. I had such an awesome time discussing angel investing, diversity in investors, and how COVID-19 is affecting women. If you're a researcher studying how COVID-19 is changing how women live and work, We would really love to hear from you. We want to get that story out. We want to know what the data is and, you know, what people are finding. So be sure to reach out to us on social at Femtech Focus. Also, be sure to get Terry's book. Uh, You can go to terrymeadhanson.com, look at her book, listen to her podcast uh, titled Piloting Your Life. I've listened to a few episodes and it is awesome. Terry is is really, really um, informative and incredibly smart. And I feel like she knows everybody. So really great show. Now remember everybody, the Guild Academy Femtech Edition applications for this accelerator close on Friday. You got two more days. So don't wait. Apply now. And there's two other really cool events coming up I want to tell you about. The first one is by Women of Wearables. They are having a webinar called The Rise of CBD in Healthcare and Well-Being. And this webinar is featuring our previous guest, uh, Colleen fisher Tolley from the Women in Weed episode a few weeks ago. The panel is happening on September 23rd. You can register for it through the Women of Wearables website. The other interesting event coming up is actually the next day, September 24th, entitled Around the World in Women's Health with Future of Femtech. 
This is a panel talking about women's health literally in like every continent in the world. Panelists include Amina from Fermata, which is Japan, Milena from Menstrual Health Hub, uh, I think she's in, in the UK, uh, and then Pear from Keg, which is the United States, all of whom have been featured on our show. We love these ladies. They are super informed, so that's going to be an awesome panel. Register for the event at Future of Femtech's website. Alrighty, y'all. Thank you for being avid listeners to the Femtech Focus podcast. Show us some love. Follow us on social at Femtech Focus. Subscribe to our badass newsletter. You can do that through our website, femtechfocus.org. Subscribe to the podcast. Share with a friend. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Like us. Subscribe. And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. (laughs) 